Welcome to our first episode of Brutal Beat. I'm your host, Don Lin, and we've got three stories for our listeners today. As a reminder, anyone who calls in is eligible for our Brutal Beat of the Month prize, which goes to the person who could prove the most painful, unexpected, heinous loss of the month. We also have a Brutal Beat jackpot, which will go to the most brutal beat of the year. Eligibility rules do apply. You can find those on our website, www.brutalbeat.com. Our first story today is from Ryan Wood. Hi, Ryan. Welcome, and thanks for being brave enough to share your story on our first podcast. Hey, how are you, Don? Thanks for having me. How are you? How's it going? Yeah, I'm quite well. Thank you. Prepping for the holidays out here in the Northeast. Uh, Ryan, why don't you tell our listeners why you're calling today? Well, I, I got a pretty recent story. Uh, pain is very, very fresh still. So um, I guess we'll go from there. <laughs> that's what. Yeah, that's why we're here, Ryan. It's a community. Think of it more of a support group. So go ahead, pour your heart out, and uh, we're all here to hear your story. Well, as I told you before, I live here in the Lansing, Michigan area. I'm not from around here, but when you live here long enough, you just become a Michigan sports fan. And I'm a huge, huge college football guy, uh, more than anything else, probably, that of all the sports around here. Now, uh, just so you know, the legalized sports betting here, I think it was in 2021. So I have experimented with the different types of bets. And the ones that I just love the most that keep coming back for more are the parlays. And uh, sorry to cut you off, but when we're talking parlays, are we talking big 10, 15, 20-leg parlays? Or you keep it to like a two-leg parlay on the same game? Well, I'll do between seven and uh, three and seven team parlays typically. They'll pay you. Well, I guess it depends. But really, um, anywhere between like five to one and 70 to one payouts. I even had a one that was 100 to one on a six-leg parlay. So the one I'm talking to you about today is it was a five-way parlay. You know, it was around Thanksgiving weekend. I decided to do it. It started Thanksgiving Saturday. I took Michigan to cover three and a half over the the Ohio State University, which they did. <laughs> yeah. That was a good start, right? Then I took the good over game. Yep. game, which is 46 and a half, and it hit easily. As you know, it was a high-scoring game. Then I took Auburn. Plus 14 and a half against Alabama, and they played him real well and close, and they won. And I won that one too, and I think it was a three point game. So that had, then I had two legs left, and that was from this past weekend. One of my favorite sporting events of the year, the Army Navy game. I had Army to cover oh, two and a half over Navy, <laughs> and the under of 27 and a half. Okay. I think I see where this we is left. going. Go ahead. I think this is funny. <laughs> Go ahead. Only only because we spoke before beforehand. I know I can yeah. smile about this. Go for it. So at this point, it's a $240 bet to win 6000 bucks, and I felt really good, right? There's a lot of talk, a lot of talk before the game that about both teams passing more than they pa- ever passed, and how something like 11 of the last 18 games would have gone over 27 and a half. It was an unseasonably pleasant for December day. So I thought about maybe hedging it, but that's not as easy when there were two legs left. I still liked Army, and I know these games are basically ground and pound, right? Every play is a three-yard run, so the clock just bleeds out from opening kickoff. And it feels that way. The Army-Navy game is probably the fastest of any college game you ever watch. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, that, that game, absolutely agree. Um, and were you watching this game, Ryan, or, or was your plan followed on the phone or just come back to the results after the fact? Oh, no, no, no. Like I said, it's one of my favorite games of the year. I watched every play. I always do. Uh, but I kicked my wife and her sister out of the house, and I watched every second of it like I told you I would. 
And I always eat peanut butter and jelly when I'm watching a big game and a six-pack of Corona. You can't go wrong, right? <laughs> Super Bowl playoffs, Big Ten championship, any of the big games, peanut butter and jelly. And a six-pack of Corona. I love it, Ryan. All right, so we're in your house with you. We're on the couch, big screen in front of us, yep. watching this game, down our PB&Js and Coronas. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners what happened? Well, it was a great game to start, especially for me in my parlay that I had. But then it was uh, fucking horrible. One score, No one scored in the first quarter. Army put up 10 points in the second quarter. At halftime, I thought about hedging, right? And then the live over-under was 24 and a half. And I felt like I had Army the, on the two and a, minus two and a half locked. But then I said, screw it. I'll let it ride. I let the I just let the bet go. No hedging, no fooling around with it. Let it go. And I was really happy with that call until everything turned at the end. So, Ryan, I watched this game as well, and I had the under myself. I also got it at a 27.5 point line. Um, didn't have nearly as much as you did riding on it. Um, but why don't we why don't we go to the fourth quarter, midway through the fourth quarter? What happened? Well, at this point, it's still 10-0. Actually, I think it was 10-3. Army was up 10-3 midway through the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's what it was. 10-3 about – you know, halfway through the fourth quarter. There were seven minutes of the game, and Army had just punted. It was a pretty lousy punt, a 24-yard punt for Navy to take over from there, right, from their own 30. So Navy put together a little drive, and on third and eight, Ty Lavatai dropped the back pass, had the ball stripped. Caleb Fortner picked it up and then rumbled from the midway, midfield into the end zone to what Army had 73. It was that vintage strip sack run for the touchdown, half the field. So we're up 17-3 Army now to get that. Go Knights, you know, the usual. Beat on beat Navy, all the good <laughs> stuff, right? All right. So so as a gambler, you can make the case. This was great for your bet. You still have a seven-point cushion on that over-under. And Army at minus two and a half is almost a lock for the win. There's, I don't know how much time left, less than seven minutes left. And they're up by two touchdowns. Yeah, you would think they'd be the lock, right? Exactly. So, so, yeah, just to set the stage, there's less than five minutes in the game. Total is at 20. has to stay below 27 and a half. Army's up by 14, and you're good yeah. as long as they win by two and a half. Yeah, exactly. So Army kicks off, and honestly, for a team that almost always runs the ball, Navy looked amazing. They put together a two-minute drive and went 60 yards for a quick touchdown. I was like, I was shocked. The way that game played, did that happen there? I was completely blown away. Yeah, so so was I, especially in two minutes, right? Normally in two minutes they get three run plays going and go all of nine yards, and and here they went sixty yards for a time. Yeah, that was like Kansas City right, Chiefs. So, Navy's not the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, exactly. So after the touchdown, um, it's seventeen nine, so that's twenty six. But you're still good on the minus two and a half. And what did Navy do at that point? They went for two. They went for two, and I'm watching the game too, and I'm saying to myself, why? Why do you go for two there? So if they convert this two-point conversion, now the game goes to 28, and the over is completely blown. Sorry, yeah, the under is completely blown. The game goes over. Right. Chest, and it looked like there was – maybe there was going to be a miscommunication or broken route because Ty uh, Lavatai threw the ball into the back of his tight end and whoever he, the intended receiver was. So I was excited, though. 79, I was still winning the under, right? And I had by eight points. So I got that covered, got the under, and no one ever gets an onside kick either. I literally started budgeting what he was going to spend the money on. I'm thinking, oh, 
you know, I need that new car. I need this. I need that. You know, you guys are thinking. You get excited. You touch the money, though. Never touch the money. Classic. Uh-oh. Or think about the money. Again. <laughs> Classic. I've been there so many, so many times. All right. So there's what? Three minutes left in the game at this point? Not even? Exactly. So Navy fails the onside kick, right? We know it's going to happen like that, right? Army takes over the Navy 45. Navy still has those two timeouts, though. So all I'm going to do is get the first down. And this is where it really started to unravel for me. First and 10, and Army has three penalties. Who had three penalties? They only had three penalties all game. Uh, not one, but two false starts. Instead of the first and 10, it goes to first and 20. Brutal, painful. Okay, so now your chances of getting that first down are dwindling. But still, a lot has to happen for this bet to go south. Yeah, I mean, but they ran three times. Navy burned their timeouts. But Army, we actually gained, I say we, <laughs> you gained yardage, and it was facing fourth and three. So they got the 17 yards on previous three plays. That's not bad. They ran to the line with like two minutes left, and I was sure they were going to run a play. And every play they ran is like a three-yard gain and a four-yard gain. All they need to do is run one play for three yards, and I win. The play got ran down to one, and they called it, you know, the timeout. They freeze the clock, right? So then they come back from the timeout. They ran the punt team out again. So get this. Rather than take a chance and run the ball one more time to try to get their yards and guarantee a win, they settled for an 11-yard. I said that right. You heard me, right? 11, 11 yards? Was it that bad? Yes, it was 11 yards, Don. Navy got the ball now on their 27. Still a long way to go. And it gets possibly worse from here. All right, so... We have 80 seconds left in the game. Navy has to go 73 yards. They have no timeouts. You just need a stop. And there's almost no other outcome but a Navy touchdown where you lose. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. And then they put together another completely improbable drive. Then there's about 20 seconds left. They're at the Army six-yard line. They ran two pass plays that were incomplete. Then another pass to the Army two-yard line. Big stop by a linebacker there from Army. I can't think of a name right now. You know, it's probably someone not going to the NFL, but a good time, big time, big time stop, big time play. So seven, seven seconds left, Don, and on fourth down, Ty ducked behind another the center and tried to run it up the middle. The classic hard QB sneak that you see a lot in the all over football right now, right? But Army stuffed him. Yeah, exactly. Basically secures the win, right? And they went to video. It was fourth down. Yep. And he did it. Didn't get the first down, and that's it, right? Yep, and I saw that as well. I didn't see anything conclusive on the instant replay. Nothing that was clear that he scored. So I think they actually got the call right, both on the field and as part of the review. That's right. They got it right. It seemed, you know, as best as you can on a play like that. But point is, they got it right. Army takes over on their own half-yard line. The score was 17-9. to Three seconds left in the game. All they do is run it up the gut. Game over, right? Clock's going to tick. Navy has no more timeouts. Take the snap and kneel after taking a step forward. Take the snap and throw the ball out of bounds in the vicinity of receiver. Anything. But, and this still hurts to say, they snapped the ball out of the shotgun and took the safety. I don't need to tell you what a safety's worth, right? <laughs> safety's worth two points. Score wound up being 17-11. And the over goes to 28 points. Oh, God. I saw that. I saw it live. 
and I couldn't believe it. Um, like so many things could happen, right? The review could have concluded, the time had run out, the game was over. Like you, like you said, they could have done so much more on that play. Well, I was asking the question, why would you risk snapping the ball in a shotgun formation there? So much could happen. Quarterback dropped the ball. Um, uh, center fumbles it. You know, so much could have gone wrong. No, I know. I know. Uh, and so here, sorry to cut you off. You have a game that was almost guaranteed to go under. And these two teams that they never score when they play each other. Go back and look at all the scores over the years, Army-Navy. There's never any scoring. They end up putting up 15 points in the last seven minutes of the game. <laughs> Heartbreaking. Oh, God. Ryan, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Um, but I'm also so grateful that you shared it with us. You should have had this win. Uh, this is one of the most brutal beats I've ever heard of. The fact that it was tied into a bigger parlay actually makes it that much worse. It's not just the single game, but the fact that you had you know, three other, or I guess with Army cover, you had four out of the five other legs hitting on this parlay, uh, yeah. which makes this, makes this that, that much worse. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't sleep that night. Really couldn't. I mean, it was impossible. I thought they might change the stats or something and say the game ended on a failed fourth down. But I guess I just have to accept it. There's not going to be any change now, especially. Yeah, that's really rough, Ryan. I'm sorry. It would have almost been better if Navy had just punched it in on that run up the gut and you know maybe the game goes into overtime or something rather than taking that safety and losing by that one point. You're right. I would have at least slept at night. <laughs> All right, Ryan, I, I can't thank you enough for sharing your pain. Trust me, I guarantee you there are other folks out there hurting from that. I hope you'll lick your wounds. You're back in your couch eating your PB&Js and sipping Coronas in no time. Thanks, Don. I'm looking forward to hearing other stories, too, on this great podcast and finding some solidarity and hearing them. Sounds good. Me, too. Be well, Ryan. Oof, what a brutal beat. This next story is from a listener who submitted an audio clip. Carl was at PNC Park. He's a big Pirates fan. And something very unusual happened in the stadium on this day. I'll let Carl take it from here. Hi, my name is Carl, and I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm here today to tell you about a prop bet I made a few years back. A little about me, I've always been a Pirates fan, and I play in a bunch of fantasy baseball money leagues. This particular story relates to Key Brian Hayes. Back in 2020, Hayes broke into the majors, but I knew of him before that, back in like 2018 when he was on a bunch of MLB prospect lists. I drafted him in almost all my leagues and still had him when he came up in 2020, and then I kept him into 2021. Hayes had gotten hurt early in the season, and he was back for about a week before I was scheduled to see him play at PNC Park. The day of the game, the Pirates were playing the Dodgers, and I knew they didn't really have a shot. Unfortunately for me, I only bet on games I go to in person. So I'm planning to go to the game with my three buddies, and I'm heading back to Pittsburgh into town for it. And I'm looking at the lines, and I see the Pirates were throwing some no-name pitcher against Walker Bueller. The odds weren't very good either. They were like plus 150 for the Pirates, but it really should have been more like plus 350. I still wanted to get something down, so I picked a prop bet that would keep me interested. I picked Hayes to hit at least one home run. I was getting plus 1250, so I put down the max of $200. So I get to the game with my three friends, and we had just settled into our seats when Hayes comes up to the plate. It's the bottom of the first, 
3-1 pitch count, and Hayes absolutely smacks the ball deep to right. Everyone in the crowd stood up and just watches this ball in slow motion, barely nick the bottom of the foul pole. It was incredible. If right field is 320 feet, this ball traveled 320 feet in three inches. I was going insane. PNC Park was going insane. I had just won $2,500 10 minutes into this game. Immediately, I start buying beers for my friends, buying beers for the couple next to us. So I bring them up to the bar. As I'm about to pay, I turn around and I see the umps gathering and they're talking about something. And I think if anything, they're debating whether this is a foul ball because it was so close to, and I'm pretty sure nicked the actual foul pull. So I end up giving my card to the bartender. I buy the round, I turn back around and I see the umps make the most unbelievable call. I could never have made this up. They call Hayes out after he had already rounded all the bases and touched home plate. So I tune in and it turns out Hayes never touched first base as he was rounding the bases. Absolutely incredible, can't believe it. Ready to cry with my buddies. The rest of the game, Hayes doesn't hit a single home run. I end up losing the entire $200 bet. I'd spent $100 on that round of beers for my friends and that couple. The only consolation prize of the day is this couple next to me knows my sad, tragic story, and they end up buying my friends and I around. A tiny, tiny consolation prize, I guess, but I can't imagine anything worse than this scenario. So there it is. That's my story. Thanks for listening, and I hope this qualifies. Yes, that absolutely qualifies. Those home run technicalities are really rough to listen to. I'm sure most of you are aware there's a famous story back in the 1999 NLCS. It was game five when Robin Ventura was on the Mets. There was a tie game, three to three. The over-under, I think, was seven and a half. Um, I heard about this after the fact. I didn't have anything on the game. But it was three three to three, bottom of the 15th inning. Robin Ventura got up with the bases loaded. Um, and if you're rooting for a seven and a half to go over here, you need either a ground rule double or a home run. So he hit a home run, um, started rounding the bases. And if you're doing the mental math, you're saying, okay, well, three, three grand slam Mets win seven, three. But what happened is the Mets mobbed him after he crossed first base. So he actually never hit second, third or home. And he was never credited with the full home run. He was only credited with a single and the official final score of that game was four to three instead of seven to three, despite the fact that, um, that home run cleared the fence. Um, so those, those home run technicalities are are really rough because in your head, you're saying to yourself, okay, I have the win. It's over. Um, it's not like a spread where fortunes can change later in the game. It's binary. It's it's done. It happened. Really, really rough one, but thank you again for sharing. All right. This next story came in through an email with the subject heading Celtics slash Timberwolves. Uh, this is a listener who goes by the name Chief Baker. I'm just going to read this verbatim. I'm not paraphrasing or censoring anything. 
Dear Brutal Beat, I've got one for you. It all started with last year's Super Bowl. I had the Eagles minus one and a half, and you all know how that game ended with that bullshit defensive holding call on James Bradbury. So I lost about $1,400 between the game and player props and Super Bowl boxes. So I obviously started to chase. First, I tried to chip away, had mixed results, lost a bit on the VIG, and then my bets got bigger and bigger until I was down $8,500 around mid-March. It was the night before the start of the NCAA tournament, and I didn't really know enough about the four teams in the play-in games. I really wanted to get in on round one of the tournament, so I placed a big bet on an NBA game that Wednesday night. I wanted to win it all back at once, $9,400 on the Celtics at minus four. A A win would have brought me even for the Super Bowl, for the NCAA conference games, everything. The NBA game was close the whole way. The Celtics were up by double digits a couple of times, but it was close. It never felt secure. With under a minute, the Celtics were up by two, and both teams kept trading missed shots. Needing a four-point Celtic victory, I would have been content with a push here. Just give me a two, win by four, and let me fight another day. With almost no time left, the Timberwolves fouled Jason Tatum. At this point, there was 1.7 seconds left. I've been gambling long enough to know how this goes. He'll hit the first and miss the second, or he'll miss both. Well, to my surprise, he hit both shots, basically sealing the win for the Celtics and leaving me with what I thought was a sure push. Then something insanely lucky happened. Down by four, the Timberwolves started mouthing off to the refs. Anthony Edwards and Kyle Anderson both got teed up, which meant the Celtics got two more free throws. This was their chance to cover. My heart was racing at this point as Jason Tatum went back to the line. He hit the first free throw, giving the Celtics a five-point lead and giving me a sure win on my minus four. Here's where it gets fucking pointless. Still with 1.7 seconds left, the Wolves took the ball out. And they can't possibly win at this point. There's no such thing as a five-point play in basketball. They inbound the ball to Mike Conley, who flipped it up from behind the arc and nailed the three. My five-point cover was down to two as the buzzer rang. I fucking couldn't believe it. I never heard of this fucking guy, and here he is ripping $18,000 out of my hands. I've never felt so deflated as I did that night. I didn't bet a penny on the NCAA tournament after that. What a turn of events in about a minute. From losing to tied to winning to losing. Fuck Mike Conley and the Timberwolves. Thanks for listening. Oh, Chief Baker, I am so sorry. That is absolutely horrendous, especially on the heels of the technical, which, if the score had held up, would have been the exact opposite of a brutal beat, a surprise victory or whatever you want to call it. Um, For what it's worth, I can't bet on the NBA. I feel like every bet over under covering, it all comes down to these random events in the last minute of the game. But what a horrible way to end. Um, On that note, that's a wrap for today. We hope you all enjoyed the show. Remember to visit us at www.brutalbeat.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit at RealBrutalBeat. If any of these stories resonate or if you were on the receiving end of a brutal beat, we want to hear from you. I'm Don Lin, just reminding you, don't suffer in silence, share the pain.